The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Can't wait to get out there on Sunday for a round of golf with uh, my girlfriend and my two boys. Nice. Ones I taught to play golf when they were just little, still in diapers. <laughs> Always a good time at Crosswinds, whether you're with family, friends, whoever, even if you meet up with strangers. You'd be surprised how friendly strangers can be on the golf course. You know, Crosswinds also offers beautiful views of the Niagara Escarpment. And no matter where you are on the golf course, you can look up and see the splendor and majesty of Rattlesnake Point or Mount Nemo off in the distance. Absolutely beautiful. The course is always in tip-top shape, and the people at Crosswinds are always there to tend to your needs. You'd think you're at a private golf club, but no, it's public and very reasonably priced. So go check it out for yourself. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time online now. And don't forget to tell them that Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, can we start the podcast? Live from Toronto, it's Hebsey on Sports, episode number 248. That's a big number. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you along. Mark Hepscher here in Little Italy, and over there in New Toronto is Doug Flutie. <clears throat> Wait, what happened to Doug Flutie's head? I, know. I honestly have no idea. It fell off, it rolled on the floor, and I cannot find it. All right, well, don't be looking for it now. That's <laughs> Toronto Mike, by the way, keeper of the Doug Flutie bobblehead. He's at the uh, mothership, back looking refreshed and relaxed after a well-deserved holiday. We're all refreshed and we're, <clears throat> excuse me, all ready to talk about the fortunes of the Toronto Blue Jays as they get set to host the Oakland A's, the Oakland Athletics, right. as early Wynn used to say, the Athletics, for a huge three-game series. And make no mistake, they need a sweep. Two, of th- two out of three, not going to be good enough. Sweep the A's, let's get going. Meanwhile, Buck Martinez is not the only baseball broadcaster who refuses to get vaccinated. And one baseball executive even quit his job rather than get the jab. Mm. Quitting my job, I don't want to get the jab. In tennis, excuse me, lots of Canadian content still alive at the U.S. Open as Chapo, Felix, Bianca, and Layla Annie continue to roll. A disappointing result for Canada at the Soccer World Cup qualifying for CONCACAF, but we're still gloating about Canada's win over the Americans in women's hockey. Mm. Yes, sirree. We beat the Americans, and that's all that matters. Am I right? We got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. Well, why do you think I teased it? (laughs) Are you still on holidays? (laughs) Did you hear what Mike just said, folks? We got to talk about that. What did I just say we were going to talk about? (laughs) My God. In golf, you cannot call Bryson DeChambeau Brooksy anymore because you might hurt his feelings. (sighs) You could get kicked off the golf course. That would be ridiculous. You should be able to call anybody any name you want, as long as it's not uh, one of those words. But Brooksy does not fall into that category. Hey, Brooksy, uh, should fans have to be quiet in sports like golf and tennis, or any sport for that matter? Should they have to be quiet? All that and more coming up on this edition of the show. But first, let's say hello again to Toronto Mike. Hebsy man, how the heck are you doing? It was great to like see you in the flesh on Friday because we don't see each other in the flesh that often. That sounds dirty. I apologize for leaving early. <laughs> no, I, I was honored. I you do, were there. and I'll tell you why. Because the last event you had there was a much more mingling event. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where right. people could go up to other people and say, "Hey, how's it going?" Whatever. Right. But unfortunately, because of seating restrictions and COVID and all that. We, we kind of, nobody could get as close to others as we wanted to because right. they were scrambling for seats and you couldn't put another chair up there. And, I tried, know, though. Kind of, so I kind of felt bad that I didn't get a chance to say hello off air and mingle and that type of thing. And my girlfriend as well, kind of. It was like, you know, it was nice, and, but I really never got to meet Mike. You know what? That wasn't an event Mike. for that. You're right. There are, we had a couple recently, which it's a are, different type of event. The post, we had a post party, uh, after party. I, I guess saw that, but that, that was late. It was late. And yeah. it's, it's hard right. to ask someone to stay for, you know, two, two and a half hours right. uh, outside and not in the, and in the, not get a chance to mingle. But, and those, and I don't know if you're aware, but people who were there listening to the podcast that were far enough away were actually sort of sometimes having little conversations oh, amongst sure. each other. Sure, right? you know, sure. while the, and that's hard to do. It's hard to, you can't, it's hard to maintain um, the audience's attention for a long period of time, unless it's just, you know, so great and whatever. 
Uh, and it was, it was a very good podcast. I actually listened to it afterwards, the actual podcast. You wanted to hear what the controversy was about. I didn't know there was any controversy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry that I didn't get a chance to stay and uh, say hello and all that. But for your next event, which will be more like a cocktail party, I expect. Well, I guess I with just bands want, and comedians and I would like jugglers this uh, and, pandemic to end so we can get back to a true normal. Right. You know, it was but it was right. awesome that you were there and I mm. got you on the mic, which was great. And I did ask your lady friend if she wanted to jump on the mic and she was a bit mic. Yeah, shy. she just wanted to kick you in the nuts. She just was ready to just she was enraged. She could not believe that she was being called out in front of all those people, none of whom she had ever met before. And so she won't be listening to your podcast anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're kidding. She was considering coming up there and telling the whole story. Oh man. Next time. Next time. I'm <laughs> next time. There. Yeah. Next time. Okay. So now before we begin the actual sports portion of this, I have to tell you what happened to me this week. Got a call yesterday, day before the show, not a call. I've never met this person or actually spoken to this person. This was an email from our former sponsor of ours who shall remain nameless our sponsor for the summer, uh, basically saying it was a dear Hebsey letter. Oh, that was it. It was lovely and nice, but we're going to move on. I'm not going to get into the details, but apparently they didn't sell enough of these things. And these people are impatient, right? right? We got the numbers are not up to this par. You didn't make your quota. That's it. We're done. Okay. All right. They're so there for a, a good time. Not a long time. I got it. That's fine. No problems. No hard feelings at all. No hard feelings at all. We got some product. Hopefully they got their money's worth. They didn't make the sales. Somebody got fired, I know, because of this. It was like you fucking told us that Hebsher was going to be selling, you know, tons of these things. He's got all kinds of friends. They've got hair in unwanted places. It's the right, you know, uh, demographic. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure this dude got fired because they went to the, well, who the fuck is this guy? Where, oh, where are all no, the sales? No, we're no. not selling enough of these. And I'm saying, look, it's a weird year. People go on holidays. People up here at the cottage yeah. are not as likely to go online. Maybe they don't have an internet connection, whatever it is to order, blah, 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 blah. And also you can't ship. You're not going to ship it to their cottage. I don't know too many people. There are some, but too many people are up at the cottage saying, yeah, I'm expecting a couple more deliveries today <laughs> from, you know, whoever you get deliveries from Amazon or whoever. So right. it's not the same. I said, you got to wait until people are back into their routines. You deliver stuff to their homes. They're used to it. Right. This guy's like, no, sorry, that's the way it is. Back and forth. I said, fine. Well, screw that. So that's it. So one less sponsor. So, by the way, if you want to sponsor, uh, you're interested in sponsoring on Hebsey on Sports, we've got openings. Yeah, hit us up. That's a, a good point. Hit us up and chat with Hebsey. Great opportunities exist here. And there's a, a vibrant fan base, a lot of downloads of the podcast. People join us live from as far away as British Columbia. And uh, honestly, what a great opportunity. Hit up Hebsey. There's an opening. Okay, so now before, and thank you, Mike, and just to let you know, and this is true, how many of those, or how many orders do you think in the two months, July and August, that they were with us, how many of them do you think we sold that you oh, know, you have came the directly number? from us with you, the you promo code HEBZ, something like that? How do, many do you think? Well, do you have the number before I guess? I do. Okay. And this is the number they gave me to say it wasn't enough. I don't even know where to guess of that. I would 20? 190. What? Yeah. And not enough. 190, 190 conversions. Apparently they wanted to sell 100 per month, which is like three a day. And we didn't meet the quota. I'm like, wow, man. Jeez, wow. you guys are tough. Okay. So this Thanks. tells other potential advertisers. 190, that, we saw. 190 times people honestly, typed in I was, the word. That's the amazing. Code Hebsey, sent the credit card, got the delivery, liked yeah. the product. And still they said, Thanks for coming out. Thanks. Goodbye. Well, that, that just tells the next potential sponsor. I, I, I have long good. said anyway. this. I've long thought that the Jesse and Gene podcast should be a sponsor of Hebsey on Sports. I agree. I think we should start sponsoring other sponsors. Uh, I think po podcasts <laughs> should start sponsoring other podcasts. I think if you like someone's podcast and it's like, look, if people listen to this podcast and you know, and I said, you know, you got to listen to Toronto Mike and they do and they go, wow, that's great. Or, and vice versa. You know, I was on the Humble and Fred podcast the other day. They talk to us. You need to do that. That's synergy, yeah. being a part of a podcast community. That's what I'm that's very that's important. What we're doing here. Happy. We're part of the TMDS network here. It's beautiful. But these guys are the other guys. They're from some, they're from the States. They don't know from us. All they right. don't know. It's another number to them. Right. They're not invested. I would have to sub them tapes. 
Oh, here's to an prove idea. That we had, you know, promoted the product. If there's anyone there uh, who has a jingle, maybe a jingle for property in the six, hit me up. We have an opportunity here for you. Okay. Uh, and um, so here's the other one now. So that's that's the story there. Now, locally, I go to my dentist. Here's my. This was my schedule on Wednesday, Mike, and you helped because you put me on the Humble and Fred show. Yes. So I get up about seven. At 8.15, I'm on live with Humble and Fred. We're on for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And you were fantastic. You were great. It was great. Lots of fun. So that's 8.15. Now, at 9.45, I got a dentist appointment. So I got to immediately, as soon as I'm done with Humble and Fred, get get up, off to the subway, get to my dentist, which is, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes away for my 9.45 appointment to put the crown back on. I got a temporary Mm. crown. I show up. Are you James? No, I'm Mark. Mark, 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 we don't, Mark, I go, look, I got a 945. You called me yesterday to confirm the appointment. Well, I didn't call. Well, someone from your office called. Say, have a seat, please. I'm sure we can work something out. I'm going to work something out. This is not good. The manager comes. I'm very sorry. We tried to get in touch with you to tell you that we have to cancel the appointment because your, your crown is not in yet. So what was the problem? You know how to get in touch with me. You got all my contacts. Well, we called and we didn't get a response. And I said, did you leave a message? Did you text me a message? You huh. could have texted me, emailed me, left me the message. Don't come in tomorrow. Whatever you do, Mark, don't come in at 945 in the morning because the crown's not in. That's all you had to do. Now I'm telling her this, just her and I in the office. There's nobody else around. And I'm raising my voice to say, you know, I have an extremely busy day today. I said to her, what's your cancellation policy? Like if someone has an appointment and doesn't show, what happens? She goes, well, they get charged, uh, whatever, you know, she, they get charged on the credit card. I go, great. I said, you didn't call me to cancel. You didn't get in touch with me. You owe me $300. Because <laughs> I blew because I had a, an engagement, a, a voiceover that I could have done. Wow. Uh, but I had the dentist appointment. You let me know in advance. I say, yeah, I can do the voiceover. That's 300. She's got this look in her eyes like, oh, we don't uh, do that. I'm right. going, well, guess what? You're going to do $300 worth of work. Okay. And wow. not charge me for it. And she said, well, that's not our policy. I said, you know, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. Wow. If you can't, and it's quite simple. I said to her, if you can't, if you don't have the wherewithal, the skills as an office manager to ensure that a customer doesn't show up and ruin their day, you allow them to show up and then say, oh, we're sorry. Then you're not sorry. And this is a person that goes, oh, sorry. You know, they throw sorries around like they're, you know, nicked like pennies. Right. So no, you're not sorry. If you were sorry, you'd say, Mr. Epsher, we, uh, we apologize. Uh, we're, we're going to rectify this situation. And here's how we're going to do it. We are going to make sure that next time there's an appointment, that everything's all set. And because we feel so bad and we're so sorry that this happened to you, we're going to reimburse you. We're going to, the, the work that we do, we're not going to charge you. Now, wouldn't that be a great way to do business? You know but what I said? You just say, "Oh, I'm sorry," <laughs> and then she says she's got the gall to say to me, "Would you like to reschedule now?" Of course. And I said, "No, I oh. want to have it now." That's why I pushed my day. And then I said to her, "This is my day." Yeah. And I, I literally pulled out my <laughs> schedule. I was on Humble and Fred this morning at eight fifteen. <laughs> rush finished that rush to get here, in pretty much rush hour traffic on the subway. Okay. I got a 12.30 with Bill King because I'm recording something for his radio show. Nice. I got a 2 p.m. with Stu Stone. Wow. To discuss two projects. All my friends. Okay. I got a 4.30 voiceover to finish off some work I've done for an audio book. At 5 o'clock, my girlfriend's coming. And at 6 o'clock, my son's coming for dinner. (laughs) That's my day. Right. You just fucked up the first part of it. Wow. Wow. And then I left. Okay, Hebsey, quick, I interrupt. This is very curb your enthusiasm. This is a Larry David move, right? Who? This is like, <laughs> don't play that game. This is my day. Yeah. Wait, wait, it gets better. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So now it's 9.45, 9.47 in the morning, and I don't have a dentist appointment, and I don't have anything until 12.30 Bill King. I, think I thought I'd be sitting in the dentist chair. So I go, there's a perfect opportunity to go get my hair cut. Okay. So I go to the barber. And I go to the same barber, the same guys around the corner from not going to mention the name. Good guy. They're all good guys there, right? But why not mention and the name? <laughs> no, I'm not going to mention the name. So anyway, at the very end of the, when he's finished with the haircut, he decides that he's going to 
get into a discussion. Oh, there's something on on CP24 on the TV that he hears about masking and and anti-maskers and all that. And he says, out of the blue, he says, what would you do if I told you that I wasn't vaccinated? Wow. And I just stopped and I said, I would be very upset with you that you didn't declare this. Right. Even though you're wearing a mask, you're pretty close to me. And, you're indoors. And he said, uh, well, I, I'm not vaccinated. Wow. And I said, all right. I said, listen. And he just was almost done. I said, just finish up and I'm out. Wow. He goes, but I want to explain something to you. I said, no, 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 no. Right. Not interested in listening to anything else you have to say. Wow. Right. I left the money on the counter and I left. What? Oh, you did pay though. I thought you were going to like. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. No, no. I paid him like, you know, but sure. never not going to go in there again. And I was surprised at my reaction, but at the same time went, eh, should he have let me know? Should I have asked? Is this where we're at? Is this where we're at where I go and I say, oh, by the way, I have to ask you. Right. Are you vaccinated? Well, I've been asking. I've been asking guests right. and stuff. Right? Now, I could have gone to the soccer last night, but I declined because I don't know. Oh, and I still got to go indoors, sort of, to go to the bathroom. There's, there are enclosed yeah, spaces. Yeah, for a little bit, if you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And some of these anti-vaxxers, they're like almost spitting in your face. They're like, look at me without a mask, right up in your face. Right, right. Anyway, that's my dentist Dude, and barber story. I think one of the projects I hope you talked about with the great Stu Stone is like a documentary series where like a cameraman just follows you around because this is a reality show I want to watch. That was amazing. No, what a day. Humble and Fred. And by the way, between the Humble and Fred, the Bill King, and then the Stu Stone, uh, that was quite the day of uh, FOTM engagements. Uh, well Go done. On. Well done. Oh, and by the way, I cooked a fantastic rib dinner because <laughs> okay. that's the kind of guy I am. Nice. Okay. So you wanted meaningful baseball in September, did you? Yes. Well, guess what? You got it. It's meaningful. Every game, every inning, every at-bat, every pitch. Every time they cut over to Charlie Montoya in the dugout, he's got his finger on his nose, his finger on his ear. He's there. Everybody's got signaling. The Blue Jays are barely alive. I think I mentioned this before. They're not on life support, but whatever degree, you know, serious, critical condition, whatever, you know, use, use your favorite hospital right. condition. They are. But they're also masters of their own destiny this weekend. They get the Oakland A's, one of the three teams ahead of them that they got to take down in order to secure that elusive wild card spot in the American League. It's not impossible, but highly unlikely, mm. especially when you consider that their most expensive player, their most delicate player, a China doll, be careful, George Springer. He can't stay healthy. Imagine where this team would be if George Springer only missed half the games that he missed this year. Let's just say, no, wait, imagine if he played every game center field, where would this team be? You know where they'd be. They'd be in a playoff position right now. Am I right? For I think gosh sakes, if it's not, ugh, it's a tweak here. It's a setback there. It's a setback. It's a precautionary setback for his knee, his ankle, his quad. His Achilles, I don't know, man. For gosh sakes, they're afraid to play him in the outfield because he might run into another wall or something. And there, and by the way, I went on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I got about 20 shots of George Springer in his career running into walls. Like, holy shit. <laughs> He's a daredevil out there. Right. He wants to make every catch. It's great, but you got to stay healthy. You're not helping the team. And the other day, even the other day, you get a second, he's going in for third. And you could see him like that. You're like, shit, not again. And everybody just... <gasps> Is this the way it's going to be with George Springer for the rest of his career? Is this it? We're going to be afraid of having him run the bases. He might re-injure one of the many body parts he's already hurt. I can't even keep up. It's like that show. Well, that game, Operation. Remember that game? Of course. Take out a knee. Take out an ankle. Still right? popular. It's George Springer. Let's hope that this after this year, regardless of what happens to the Jays, the, the injuries are out of the way. He's fully 100% rehabbed. He'll never tweak anything again. And he'll go on to set the record for the most consecutive games played. Let's hope. Okay? From your mouth to God's ears, Hebsher. And with, with George in and out of the lineup, the Jays' offense has been uh, anemic. Would that be a good word? Would it? That's a good word, buddy. All right. It's okay if you're playing Baltimore or Detroit. Jeez, Mike, you, me, and seven friends could, could probably put up a good game <laughs> against Baltimore. But now you've got the A's who present a much bigger problem. First of all, they got pretty good pitching. Secondly, they're fighting for the same playoff spot as the Jays are, and they're ahead of them by three games. 
Toronto currently five games out of the wild card spot. And more importantly, they got to jump Seattle, Oakland, and Boston to get there. And they can start with a win tonight as rookie of the year candidate Alec Manoa takes on Sean Manaya. Wait a minute. Manoa <laughs> against Manaya. Come on. That's a pitching matchup. That's a marquee matchup tonight. Manoa, Manaya, Jays, A's. I think we should put Zeds on the end of each of these names. I think Jays should be J J A Y Z. Oh no, no. That's like Jays, not James B. <laughs> Jays and A's should be A and Z. A's, not A apostrophe S or how, how do you spell A's? By the way, is it A apostrophe yeah. S or just a big A and a small S? Oh, I think it's is an, there apostrophe there? I think there's an apostrophe in there. Okay, why? It, it stands for athletics. Where's the apostrophe? Does yeah, I think, I think like when a, it becomes like a one letter. A short form? With one letter, I think there's a grammar rule where you can introduce the apostrophe. It looks goofy. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I mean, every other team that ends with S, Astros, Jays, there's no apostrophe. I will say, as a, as a kid, I always liked the uh, the A's, the, uh, uh, the logo in Jersey as a kid. I remember really liking the A's. Right. Anyway. <laughs> the only apostrophe I ever liked was the Frank Zappa album, Apostrophe. Nice. Apostrophe is pretty, it's pretty useless. Uh, anyway, so the Jays have to sweep the A's. And if Cleveland can take a couple games from the Red Sox, and if Seattle can lose a couple to the Arizona Diamondbacks, then we'll have something to talk about after the weekend. But time's running out. Uh, 30 games to go. And according to fan graphs, the Jays have an 8.6 chance of playing in the postseason. The Red Sox are 81.3%. The A's are currently 17.7%. I'm sure if you wanted to make a bet on the Jays making the playoffs, you could get some pretty good odds. Yeah, but we don't recommend that. I don't know. It sounds like a sucker's bet. Sounds like too many teams to leapfrog. If it was a one team, if you're just chasing the A's, I'd get all jazzed up and get up. But now it's like I got to keep things in check here. And you notice that nobody has come up with the scenario where the Jays have to do this, this win this many games, and and the teams they're chasing have to go this. Like no one's done that because it's almost impossible. Because even if the Red Sox, uh, A's, and Seattle all went all played 500, each each of them played 500 down the stretch. What would the Jays have to do? And what are the possibilities of all three of them playing 500 ball? Looking at their strength of schedule and all that. This is where the analytics people go really deep down a rabbit hole. Just for that little scintilla of sunlight saying, there's still a chance. They can do it. 8% Here's chance. Here's how they can do it. The Mariners all die in a plane crash. Oh, no, no. The Red Sox all get COVID. <laughs> and Oakland, you know, drink, drink some water that was, you know, had domain poison you know. <laughs> that and, and the jays leapfrog those three it's like ridiculous i'm sorry i too gone so far off the rails but it's it's true it's on like come on what's got to happen really well we gotta Who start we, we, we gotta sweep the a's right this is non we gotta sweep the a's right. we don't sweep the a's we're not you know we have to sweep them and show people that you can get a run that they maybe can win 10 in a row 12 of 14 and all the other teams just go for a complete shit all right Meanwhile, the Washington Nationals are parting ways with longtime Vice President Bob Boone, who chose to resign rather than comply with the team's COVID-19 vaccination requirements. Wow. You're not going to make me get the vaccine. I'm going to quit. Wow. All right. It's the first such staffing change in Major League Baseball because of COVID, although many have suggested that Boone was going to retire anyway or was going to get kicked out, and he just wanted to go down swinging. Like, in addition, yeah. Major League Baseball has announced that former pitchers Al Leiter and John Smoltz refused to get vaccinated and therefore will not be allowed to broadcast their games from Major League Baseball headquarters in Secaucus, New Jersey. In order to get into the building, you must be fully vaccinated. So they will have to remain at home and do the broadcast from there. Now, Mike, this is becoming quite the issue. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but months ago, I think, there was a report that Buck Martinez... <laughs> wasn't coming to Toronto to do Blue Jay games because he wasn't fully vaccinated. And Pat Tabler, who did come to Toronto for that opening series against Kansas City, yeah. was fully vaccinated. Yes. And man, other baseball people and broadcasters and other sports and just people in general are not vaccinated and have no issues at all without being back. Oh, fine. So I can't travel there. Okay, fine. I'll have to quit. That's fine. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Interesting. I would say a huge break here for Pat Tabler. Huge. Buck can't do the games. Pat do the games. 
In fact, if I don't hear Buck again, I don't have a problem with that. I don't want to hear with you, man. commentary from Florida. What's he going to tell me from Florida? Pat, at least, is here. He was around the batting cage on the weekend, talking to players, talking to managers. On this subject, Mark, uh, yesterday evening, I had Mark Weisblot in my backyard to talk great about Mark things. Weisblatt. The great Mark The great 1236 is on. And, oh, uh, not only that. Are you kidding me? What are you well, talking about? Well, CJN. I know he's, he's and he used to Huge. be iWeekly. He's a big deal. So I spent two and a half hours with him last night drinking Great Lakes and talking about everything, including Buck Martinez and this vaccination story. And what I found curious, and I was telling him yesterday, is this story has been out there for a while, but why why has there been zero mainstream media chatter about this? Like, why will no one... What would you expect from today's I would expect either... By the way, can you fix the Tom Wilson album cover there? I would expect that, I don't know, let's say I'll randomly pick somebody. Steve Simmons at the Toronto Sun will either write the article to say, I chatted with Buck, he's fully vaxxed, he just doesn't want to travel. Or he'd write, it's interesting that uh, I talked to Buck and Buck's not vaccinated. Like, there would be some cor- something somewhere, but there's nothing anywhere. Even though if you Google this and I watch the But I wouldn't want that, Mike. Tell me why. Why would I want Steve Simmons putting a story out there that people are going to go, oh, that's not true, it's Simmons. Some bullshit. Well, like true is Kessel true. Like, like it doesn't that. matter who reports it. Like true is true. Like if it's true, it's true, regardless of who reports yeah. it. But are you really, are you honestly surprised that nobody from any of the broadcast entities has said, Hey, let's get to the bottom of this well, story. Doug Why Smith wrote it? something in the star like last week, I think. And the it was about Doug Smith. Well, but he did he write, know? he still had a big forum. It's called the Toronto star. And he did write did about, he credit, did he credit me? No, but he didn't mention vaccination at all. He just said, it sucks that the, that Buck's not at the dome. Like he said, it sucks that Buck is doing it from home, but he never went that extra step to, you know, tell us why Buck is at home. No, jeez, Maybe he didn't believe that the source. Anyway, you go on believing what you want to believe. Prove me wrong. You know, well, as well as I do folks that this is a, it's a story. Yeah. It's meaningful. Right. That to, to, to have the, the audacity, the unmitigated audacity as the Jays have and Rogers has to allow this to continue while there are many other options, having people at the actual ballpark. Right. And, and continue this, this ruse, this charade of having someone not on site without the insight that you expect from an announcer of that caliber. Uh, you're just doing a terrible disservice. You're lying to the fans, making them believe that Buck has some information that others don't. When in fact he's too far away from to, to to really comment or or really to be respected for his comments because he can't back them up with the knowledge with the inside knowledge with the well I talked to so and so the other day you know Dan was on the field uh, Ben Wagner's on the field Hazel's on the field Arash is on the field uh, Joe Siddle's on the field Jamie they're there right. Right. Well, you know, I feel like Woodward and Bernstein here, uh, and Deep Throat Gene Velitis points out that uh, Buck Martinez, <laughs> Buck Martinez is likely in cahoots with your barber. So let's let's follow this story. Yeah. Follow the money, as they say. Be. In fact, I think a story on my barber would be as good a story as one on Buck. I'm surprised that Doug Smith hasn't gone after you know what, what's the real story with barbers. You know, do they wait to tell you afterwards that they're not vaccinated? I know you're Should a big they have Doug a sign Smith saying fan. I am not vaccinated. Warning. So should they say no entry into this business without knowing that the proprietor is unvaccinated? How about that? Right. Anyway, let's see how the Canadians are doing in the world of sports. Mike? Okay, let's do it. Last night at BMO Field, our men's soccer team hosted Honduras. In the You couldn't tell me where Honduras is. You couldn't name me a city in Honduras. I know people that never heard of Honduras before, but that's who (laughs) Canada played in the first of 14 games against CONCACAF opponents to determine who gets to go to World Cup uh, 2022. Mm -hmm. Canada, the U.S., Mexico, Jamaica, Panama, Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Honduras are in the group, but only three will advance, and the uh, fourth team can get in via the back door. Uh, Get in touch with your favorite, James Sharman, whoever, to explain that whole scenario. Anyway... The Canadians drew uh, 1-1 with Honduras, with the Hondurans. And I watched the game, and I have to tell you that when when Honduras scored, first of all, which was the wildest thing because they did it on a penalty kick, a terrible penalty by uh, Canada. But the guy who scored the goal on the penalty kick 
Alexander Lopez, as soon as he kicked the ball into the net, he went down like he was shot in some kind of a leg injury, and they carried him off the field really? on a stretcher. Yeah, after he scored the first goal. Wow. On the penalty kick. And I thought, this is bizarre. This Alexander Lopez, he, he scores, and then, oh, he grabs. And you're thinking, oh, he's, because they're all celebrating with him. Right. That, But no, he had, like, pulled a hammy, or I don't know what the hell happened, and they carted him off, man. Wow. Carted him off. Now, if I'm sitting in the stands, I'm going wild if I'm a Canadian fan. I'm out of my mind, screaming, yelling. But I found the Canadian fans to be somewhat subdued. Mm. And I was disappointed in the television coverage because when the Hondurans scored, I heard, and I know everyone else did, a lot of people cheering. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of cheers when Honduras scored. Not one cutaway to the crowd showing the Honduran fans. Now, come on. I get it, but come on, Shelby. I hear this cheering, and I'm like, well, where's that coming from? Why wouldn't you show a shot of the cluster of fans? I'm sure they're all sitting together wearing Honduran colors or whatever. Come on. I, that bothered me. Hmm. As someone who worked in television, I know what TV directors think. I know what producers think sometimes. They try to do things different. I'm going to talk about how horrible it is in tennis, the crowd shots and the nonsense there. But in this particular case, when you hear something that's going on, you have to reference it to your audience. You know, where's that sound coming from? Instead, the announcers are like, they're not even acknowledging it. Like Gareth Wheeler and um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I can see him. Caldwell? Nope. No. Yeah, also the guy who's Chris, on the panel. Christian Jack? You no, know, younger guy. Played. Played for us. Oh, I can't think of his name. That's terrible. I apologize. I can see him. <laughs> nice young fella. Good comp. But anyway, they didn't even reference. Not once did they go, oh, the Honduran fans are making some noise here. Nothing. It was almost as if they said, like, don't say anything about Honduras at all. Only Canada. Huh. And so that bothered me. But anyway, the game bothered me too. I thought the crowd was subdued. I would have, it's, you can't turn the fans on and off. I get that the TFC fans are crazy for their team. Sure. sure. But can you expect them to be as crazy for team Canada when they roll in? You would hope we got some pretty good players, but still this team isn't always together. They're off playing for other teams, that kind of thing. Whereas the Honduran team, I'm sure spend a heck of a lot of time together. Terry, anyway, Terry Dunfield the match ended one, one. I thought the crowd was somewhat subdued, especially when you compare what it's going to be like when they go to Tegucigalpa, nice. which is the capital of Honduras. I looked it up. Hebsy man. Uh, a million people, and the fans there are going to be fucking nuts. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Get ready for nuts. that. Nuts. Right. Dick Van Dickweed uh, wants you to know. Uh, it's Terry Dunfield. Is that the That's gen- it. Terry Dunfield. Thank you. And I, I apologize, Terry. We're sorry. Uh, Terry's probably watching here. And, I just yeah, want- they, and you know what? They're doing the game. And, and I don't, it's not, no, they were on Sportsnet. The game was on Sportsnet, but normally they're on, I think it's called Soccer One or one of the channels that right. carries soccer. Right. The Canadian Soccer Channel. Soccer One? But anyway, whatever, whatever it is. I, uh, and so I'm listening yeah. to this and, and I'm, I'm used to hearing other soccer announcers, you know, Sanchez, Dyer, Harry Kane, Son. Instead, I'm getting sort of a running commentary while the match is going on. Mm. And rather than identifying the players who have got the ball or whatever, I'm kind of getting all kinds of a mishmash of here's how the uh, playoff setup goes and and sort of other stuff like that. And I'm not used to that. And I'm not familiar with listening to these play-by-play announcers. So it was a bit jarring because I'm learning about the team too. I know we've got Alfonso Davies. And I know we got Jonathan David and I know, but I, but I don't know enough about the Canadian national team. And in this particular case, I need to learn more from the announcers while the game is going on. There's the left back. He's from so-and-so from Scarborough and he played for whatever team. And, you know, I help me out here. I'm, I'm, I love soccer. I love Canada, but I'm new to this team. Good. So enlighten me. Good point. Good point. And and just Thank before you. we move on, uh, Mike Kerr says good morning to you. Uh, Paul Hawkyard says good morning. Moose Grumpy said it was great to see you last Friday, yeah. Hebsy. Moose Grumpy's a big yeah, fan. She was nice enough to and, and bold enough too, because while your podcast was going on, it wasn't permissible to be you know not paying attention <laughs> to the podcast. But she was nice enough to lean over because we were sort of uh, outside the perimeter. There. Right, like, you couldn't get on. Good to see you. 
that kind of thing. So that was nice as well. And Phil Parkinson says hello from St. Mary's. I just want to tell Phil, uh, when I was driving home from the Pinery, which is on Lake Huron, I drove through St. Mary's. Uh, beautiful. And Jean Belitis. My sons were there on the weekend. Oh, wow. St. Mary's. Yeah, there was a wedding that they were a part of there. And uh, nice they, it's of- a great town. I love the downtown there by the water. It's a really nice town. Absolutely. And Chris Clark is checking in. And uh, Angela is checking in from Ottawa. Brian Gerstein is here. And I want to say hi to Andrew Jeeves. And I want to say hello to Tyler Campbell. And KM is here as he is every Friday. He's great comments here. And Jim Jimbo Co. But I think the funniest is the one that told us about the name D- Terry Dunfield because I love that I get to say hello to Dick Van Dickweed. There you go, Dick Van Dickweed. <laughs> yeah. Dick Van Dick. Do you know that Dick Van Dyke's real name is Penis Van Lesbian? <laughs> uh, Mary Tyler Moore uh, <laughs> told that joke. I heard it. It's very Forget funny. it. Um, all right, back to the soccer. So anyway, so listen, this, this, um, CONCACAF qualifying for the world cup, it's busy, man. They got to play 14 games, 13 more to go. Next one is Sunday. We go to Nat. We listen to me. We go to Nashville. What is it? Our team, Canada's national men's team goes to Nashville, uh, Nissan stadium where we take on the United States. And by the way, the U S could do no better than a zero, zero draw with El Salvador yesterday in San Salvador and the crowd was electric. Here come those Americans, those damn Yankees, right into San Salvador. Okay, nil nil. Will you tell me when it's must win? Like I just want to know because I missed this match yesterday because of wise blood in the backyard. But oh, can won't you, be well, no, these aren't must win. Like, like I don't even understand. Like I know we I need to Canada win, but needs... we we tied. Is that bad? Like uh, we we needed to get three. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Yeah, you at home you want to win, especially against. Oh, at home, right, 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 I, right. Okay. It's a country that no, you couldn't tell me. I could show you a map. Ninety nine percent of the people would not know. Well, you only hear about Honduras them when there's a, like a, a hurricane or something, and there's a, yeah. a natural disaster. Yeah, Honduras, man, come on. <laughs> may as well be. What did that Bill Murray say? May as well be Wisconsin. <laughs> hey, we're gonna go. We're gonna go invade Czechoslovakia. Ah, it's like it's like going into Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go Canada. Anyway, so yeah, apparently quite the game yesterday in, in San Salvador. U.S. draws on the road, which a, a road draw is always good. Um, and so they're going to be tough to beat the Americans on Sunday in Nashville. By the way, Mexico leads the group thanks to their 2-1 win over Jamaica. Hmm. And Panama and Costa Rica drew nil-nil. Okay. So Canada in decent shape with one point with 13 games to go. Could be worse. Could be Could be raining. In tennis, the number seven seed, Denis Shapovalov, was a straight sets winner in his match, his U.S. Open match, second round match over Carballas Baena, the Spaniard, in the second round, uh, U.S. Open. Shapo managed a 9-7 advantage in the first set tiebreaker, winning 7-6, 6-3, 6-0. Not six love, Mike, because I've heard so many people say I'm sick of it. You only use the term love. I'm going to get This is a little lesson here. Okay. Just a little... You only use the term love in tennis when you're referencing the score in that particular game. Oh. 15 love, 30 love, 40 love. I didn't know you that. You don't reference it with the scores 6-3, love. No. The proper term for love is only the in-game score. It means zero in the in-game score. I had no idea until right now. Like, this is an education right. for me. I had no idea. And by the way, and I'm not going to pull the names. <sighs> A TSN commentator, when talking about the Arizona Coyotes Arena, okay, uh-huh. which is pronounced Gila River, it's it's spelled G-I-L-A, but as anyone knows, it's pronounced Gila, like Gila Monster, Gila River Arena, right? Okay. But no, the TSN commentator, Gila River Arena, and I'm like. Come on. But why not name You're names? You're a TSN you, commentator. You've got, you don't say a word unless you know the proper pronunciation. It's really simple. You don't. By the way, the word is ignominious that I was trying to use a few weeks, a few episodes ago. <laughs> I was going to ignominious or whatever ignominious. But anyway, but have if they, you why, don't why know is how it, to say it, don't yeah. go on national television and mispronounce it. Why is it that sometimes you'll name the names and sometimes you won't? Like, why not name this person who mispronounced that name? Because I don't know who it was. Oh, that's a good reason. Okay. It's a disembodied voice on TSN. You don't see their, you see their face gotcha. once every 15 minutes. Yeah, you got to be sure about that. the show, hi, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. Okay, makes sense. And then after that, it's, I don't know whose voice that is, because it's just been all voiceover. And if I knew, would I call them out? Nah, maybe, it depends. If I'm mad at them, I don't know. 
Hey, uh, so you should talk, I? You should about, I call them out? Yeah, I think should so. I mention if I knew the name of the person? Should I say, "All right, I'm going to shame you right now"? Well, you're the watchdog. Like you're to me, you're the Canadian sports uh, media watchdog. Right. So it's up to TSN to get their shit together. So someone at TSN is going. Somebody here screwed up. They said Gila instead of Gila on the air. Let's find out who that person was and whatever appropriate response from TSN would be. They're not going to apologize, but at least if they say to this person, if you don't know how to pronounce it, don't say it. Right. Okay. Right. Don't be Is afraid that asking to ask too much, for help. Mike? No, I don't think I don't so. Think so. They're TSN for yeah, God's sakes. They're not uh, some guy in his basement. Yeah. Hey, although they may be I'm in hoping basement. that somebody, maybe even when this person said it, the producer at the time went, oh, you mispronounced it. And now that's going to run on a loop for the next 48 hours. <laughs> that's the other thing. Right. I'm sure that at the end, the producer didn't say, OK, folks, we've got to do the entire show over again because somebody's somebody said Gila instead of Gila. <laughs> Ninja edit. Hey, uh, you know how we love. Right. So love comes out of tennis. But where exactly do you is nil like nil is a soccer thing? Like I don't do mean zero. In, in But only in soccer. Is. Right. Like, do you ever well, use nil in anything else? Well, some people will to be okay. cute. But the only time I ever heard it was, you know, soccer scores. Right. Okay. So you don't use nil and like you wouldn't say six nil when you're given the the game score. Well, I've heard people give hockey scores. You know, six six love six nil. I mean, just to be cute instead of right. saying nothing. Right. Okay. Six to nothing. Six okay. to zero. <laughs> anyway. All right. I guess you could. All right. Um, back with the man now. Twelfth seed Felix Auger Aliasim um, meets another Spaniard. Eighteenth seed Roberto Bautista Agut in third round play tonight. And on the distaff side, Bianca Andreescu, the number six seed, looks like she's getting her groove back, looked very healthy in her 6-4, 6-4 win over American Lauren Davis, and gets an unseated German opponent in the third round. Excuse my laziness. I didn't go and look up the German opponent. I don't think whoever it is is going to be a problem for Bianca. Oh, good. That's all I'm going to say. That's good news. And if this German opponent beats Bianca, I will mention her name. Layla Annie Fernandez of Montreal, the lefty, gets the number three seed Naomi Osaka Ooh. tonight in her third round match. I'm thinking it's on center court, maybe the stadium court. What are they? And I can't remember the names. The Louis Armstrong court, Billie Jean King court, Arthur Ashe, Arthur Ashe court. That's the big one, right? Right. I think so. And there's other courts that are named after people. I can't remember. The George anyway. Costanza court, where he had the, the George uh, Costanza court. He got caught on the camera eating the. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and that's another thing. Please, on the tennis, please stop showing crowd shots of people who are not famous. Please. <laughs> Last night, they kept having to say, the, the, the chair umpire kept having to say, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Because both the players, like Shapovalov and his opponent, are both like, uh, come on, like, you know, looking up and come on, we can't serve and all that. And, and this is sort of the same as in golf where you, you can't, You've got to be perfectly quiet and still when the players are playing. You have to. You can't. He certainly can't say a word. Right. Not when he throws the ball up. Nothing. Right. And in golf, as he's about to swing, you can't, you can't say anything. Right. As soon as he hits it, of course, it's you know, in the hole. You're the man. Like all that shit. Right. Right. And so we've reached a point now where fans who aren't doing anything illegal. I guess if you could say that they would be, you know, prosecuted in court, but it's almost reached the point where it's look, if you continue to abuse or bully these professional athletes, we're going to have to do something about it. And so in this case, in tennis, it's expected that the fans will take their seats and sit down when told by the chair umpire. So the players can play. Right, Because God forbid I'm going for a forehand and in the corner of my eye, I see a couple of broads with women with <laughs> beers, okay, that the camera has a shot of. And when the camera takes a shot, the commentators don't say anything. You leave it to the imagination of the viewers going, who are they? And they're coming in late. There's the culprits right there. So what will happen is one of the players will like point up to the crowd You'll hear the chair umpire go, ladies, not ladies and gentlemen. She's specifically pointing to two ladies that are coming down the aisle way carrying beers. And the chair umpire goes, ladies, please take your seats. And then immediately the camera, which, by the way, this is the in-house feed. So everybody there can see this on the big screen. They show these two women. Each of them has a couple of beers. 
and they're standing there with the most shocked look on their face. And everybody in the crowd, it's New York, is going, sit down, like, oh, come on, let's go. And I'm watching this on TV. I go, I don't need to see this shit. I want to watch the tennis. I want to see the reactions of the players after the point. I don't want these random shots of people in the stands. If they're famous people, okay. Oh, they're sliced alone. But if it's just somebody that's reacting, and, and usually the shots are very unflattering shots. You know what I mean? Like the cameraman's like five feet away and is looking up their nostrils or something like that. They're not even flattering shots. So do me a favor, TV producers and directors who do tennis. No more crowd shots unless it's somebody famous. Got wow. it? No wow. more. Wow. I don't want to see the coach using He's got the same fucking look on his face. They cut back to him again. It's an advertisement for whoever the sponsor is for the tennis player when they show the coach. So please stop it, stop it, stop it. And by the way, there's a commentator during the Shapovalov match. And here's the other thing is you don't know who you're getting with commentators sometimes, right? You get what you get. And so for a few of the Canadian matches, there's a fellow named Mark Tessier who works for TSN as a, and is a commentator. And he does it by himself. So they've got TSN has Mark Rowe there. He's at the U.S. Open. He's doing the encore interviews with the Canadian players after their victories. So he's been pretty busy. Right, he's, he's in probably the tennis center, and then they shuttle him out to whatever court the Canadians are playing at so that he's ready for the post-game interview. But the fellow that's doing the play-by-play of the match, Mark Tessier, I don't think is there. I think he's in a studio at TSN, and he's got the feed, and he's doing it by himself, and he's very good because he knows that he's speaking to a Canadian audience. Whereas yesterday, we get this putz, Leif Shiras, I don't know who the other guy was, a British guy, but this Leif Shearer, who used to play, was a mediocre player. And here he is going on. He's watching Shapovalov, and he's going on about how Canada is such a hockey country. And now, as soon as I hear this from an American, I'm like, fuck you. Again with this. You know, no, we don't have the world's fastest man, Andre de Grasse. No, we don't know any. We're, we're shitty in soccer. We just won the gold medal to women. You know, no, we're a hockey nation still. It's fucking 2021, you dickwad. And he's going on about how Canada is such a hockey country. And maybe some hockey fans are being converted to tennis because of the way Shapovalov and others are playing. And I'm, I'm ready to just listening to this fucker go on and on a load of horseshit. Because a couple days earlier, I'm listening to this guy, Mark Tessier, talk about the Canadian players and the Canadian angle. That's what I expect. I'm sorry, from TSN. Really, if you're going to show Canadian matches... Put the Canadian commentators on. Say to Mark Tessier, Mark, you're doing this match, even though it's from the studios. You're doing this match because we want Canadian content. But instead, they click onto the tennis channel's feed. Now, these two yutzes, I mean it. It's just awful to listen to it. You know, you can be from Canada, and you know what? You can enjoy hockey and tennis, you moron. You can. We get so many people, Mike, that are like, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not a hockey fan. I'm a basketball fan. Dude, you can be both. You can be just as passionate about both. Guess what? You can be just as passionate about every sport like I am and have right. been for my whole life. And mo- I would say when someone says, people. what's your favorite sport? I don't have an answer for you, man. Give me a great game and a rooting interest. I'll watch. Right. Got it. So TSN, that's two against you guys. You're going to show us U.S. Open stuff? Do us a favor. Give us a Canadian angle, please. You've got Mark Rowe there. He's already there. You've got Mark Tessier, who does a terrific job when called upon. Let them do all the Canadian matches. And if you're going to replace them, replace them with the top team from ESPN. You know, the big guys. Chris Fowler, the McEnroe brothers. You know what I mean? Sure. Not these idiots from fucking Tennis Channel. I like it when you call oh, them yutzes. He's going to convert from hockey fans into tennis in Canada. Fuck off. Instead, you're showing cutaway shots of, of fans carrying beers and cocktails to their seats and being ridiculed and shamed. You know, let's take a look in the stands and see who's there. And every time they do it, I go, who is that? Is that a record producer? Is that a, should I know that person? You ever do that, Mike? Is that Rick Rubin? Yeah, when, you, when they show people in the stands, do you not automatically go, who is that? Am I supposed to know who that person is? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. I hate that. 
<laughs> Let's go to golf now. Patrick Cantley leads the Tour Championship after the opening rounds thanks to a 300-par 67 yesterday. Started the day at 10-under-par thanks to the unique scoring system for the FedEx Cup, which I won't get into. Just trust me. He's now at 13-under-par. John Rahm close behind at 11-under. By the way, there's actually odds out there as to whether John Rahm will get COVID again. He's already twice had it. Maybe he should get vaccinated. And there's a bet going. Like, you can make a bet. Well, Humble Howard I'm pretty was... sure Bodog takes action on this or somebody. <laughs> Bodog. That you can bet as to whether he will get COVID again. Bodog should sponsor this program, by the way. Hey, uh, Howard Glassman was telling me that half of... He says something like 50% of these golfers are not vaccinated. Like I believe that. What's that about? Is that because they're so... Republican? Like, is there a political stance? Like, because most golfers are Republican and most anti-vaxxers are also Republican. I try not to get into that part of it. But that's a, that's a, like a hard to avoid. I think they're ignorant. Not stupid. Just ignorant. Just uh, unaware or unwilling to learn. That's all. And it's been politicized. So now they feel like they need to align with this political spectrum. Exactly right. Which is stupid. Um, so Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> speaking of not being vaccinated, and anyway, uh, he's at eight under par. Corey Connors, uh, the only Canadian in the field, tied for 17th at four under. So DeChambeau has had other issues too on the tour this year. And I thought it was very interesting. Some great comments from Patrick Cantley the other day when talking about it. He basically said that if you're going to attract attention, you have to be aware that some of that attention is not going to be good attention on you. And so when Bryson DeChambeau pulls off some of the acts that he's done and that he's going to attract attention, yes, but he's going to get people that are against that type of behavior. And so one of the big issues on the tour this year is his spat was rivalry with Brooks Kepka. It's gotten so heated that fans have been yelling at DeChambeau, Brooksy, hey, Brooksy, whenever he takes a swing. And DeChambeau has called out a couple of these fans and engaged with them, which of course makes drunken fans even more likely to call out Brooksy. So here's what happened. The PGA Tour announced that they will not tolerate this kind of behavior from fans anymore. Uh, there will be expulsion. I don't think you can press criminal charges, can you? But you can you certainly can, you can boot them, them from the premises. And you can yeah. ban them from events. And ban them, which sure. is what they're, they're doing. What, what do you think of this, Mike? I think in the culture of this sport, golf, which is not like the NBA where you can go nuts when someone's taking a free throw or whatever, but in the in golf, uh, you're not supposed to yell during somebody's, I don't even know, the drive? Is that a drive? Uh, a backswing, okay. yeah. Okay. yeah well, like, while they're in their address uh, position and about to hit the ball. This yeah. is it's the common rule of courtesy, the sport. it's respect for right. the athlete. It always has been. It's expected. So I would think if a fan yells, whatever they yell, Brooksy or whatever they yell, during that backswing, it's fair. Oh, this isn't during the backswing. Oh. Oh. This could be any time. Oh, completed and we're like, oh, hey, I thought it was like interfering no, with the no, no. drive. Okay, just calling him Brooksy. Okay, that's insane because that's not a no, the one uh, in the backswing, racial no, no. slur yeah, the or one a homophobic. In the backswing, if you said okay. anything in the backswing, right? Every other golf patient would go after that person and I, kick the shit out of him. I thought you were talking about that. that. I thought so. Okay, so now that I'm on yeah. the same page and I've caught up, uh, that's insane because it's not a racial slur or an ethnic slur or a homophobic slur. Brooksy is, should be fair game. That's just part of sport. You can yell Brooksy as long as it's not in the backswing. That's my two cents. Okay. It's not a slur. No. Your mother wears army boots. That would be <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> sure. But calling him another nickname. Okay. Brooksy's okay with me. Uh, the PGA Tour announced that they have made a deal with Netflix to produce and air a behind-the-scenes show similar to F1, Drive to Survive, that incredibly successful series that had people who knew nothing about auto racing glued to their televisions. Um, it was tremendously successful. I mean, I love Formula One racing. I love it even more now when I saw that series. So it's a fantastic idea, and... I would love to see the behind-the-scenes stuff with Brooksy and with, with the Shambo and if Tiger was part of it, whatever. I'm sure it's a, some great drama. But here's something. As soon as it was announced, the folks that follow and cover pro tennis immediately said, tennis, get into this. Make a deal with Netflix. We need to see behind-the-scenes stuff. We need to bring the personalities out because pretty soon we're not going to be able to see Roger Federer and, and Rafael Nadal ever again. So let's go. Right. Right. And I agree. Tennis is needs something like this, is dying for something like this. Open up the doors. Let's see what goes on behind the scenes with these people. What do they do all day? What, what are they like on the practice courts? 
with golf, with tennis, with all these sports. Hockey did it a few years ago. HBO did the, the remember the series? I can't remember yeah, what it was, it was called. Ovechkin versus Crosby. It was for that outdoor game or something, and they did. Well, no, there were other ones. There were, yeah, there, but that was Boudreaux, that was the first the one. And, and I remember, and all that stuff. I remember, or maybe it was Detroit. I can't remember now. But I do remember loving that HBO series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so um, that would be great. I would love to see the PGA stuff. I think would be fantastic. Fantastic. And speaking of golf. I'm playing on Sunday with my two sons and my girlfriend. We're going out to Crosswinds. Nice. Always a good time out there. And just so relaxing. There's just been a lot going on, like a lot going on. You know, school's starting again. People are, you know, getting geared up for maybe the first, I don't know, um, session of non-pandemic uh, activity. Because most people are going back to work if you're, you know, some are staying at home, I guess. A lot of people are going back to school. The roads are clogged. It's like it was pre-pandemic. Right. And uh, it's just going to be great to be able to hang out with my sons and uh, my girlfriend and play at uh, Crosswinds. Beautiful Pepsi. views there, Mount Nemo, Rattlesnake Point. People you, are so nice. And it's just a great experience whenever we go. Like when you're in that environment at Crosswinds and you've got your 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 girlfriend with you and you got your two boys, uh, like do you realize, do you take a moment, take a deep breath and just realize how lucky, like what a blessed man you are, yeah. like what a life. Completely. Like that's everything, you know, phone, right? Phones are turned off. There's yeah. no um, distractions. And yeah, you know, it's funny. And, and you don't think of it when you're not there. You don't think, right. oh, I can't see myself walking along the fairway, looking up and going, isn't this beautiful? Bah, how, how maudlin is that? But when you're actually in the moment, you're going, you know, what? A, okay, I just made a triple bogey, but what a beautiful day. Wow. What a great day. This could not be better. Beautiful. And I tell you, in a million, I would rather shoot like a hundred and be with people that I enjoy their company on a, a beautiful setting than shoot uh, 80, uh, you know, with uh, not have a, engaging partners and right. the weather was crummy or whatever it was. And, oh, but I shot 80. Yeah, big deal. Would you have fun? Well, I shot 80. Yeah, but you have fun. Did you have a great day. And at Crosswinds, always a great day. So go to crosswindsgolf.com, uh, book your tea time online, tell them Hebsy sent you. And if you want, you can recount the story that I just told you. Would you golf with your barber? No. <laughs> Can't believe that. And but again, I guess from his standpoint, it was like, well, why should I why should I lose business by telling them I'm not vaccinated? Why would they be, why would they be mad at me for yeah, not I don't, being vaccinated? I don't this think is the way he's rule. thinking. He's right, why though. should anyone be mad? He's not obligated to disclose. Correct. You're in your right to ask. Of course, you can ask yes. anybody anything, but he doesn't have there's no Correct. rule that says you need to disclose to your clients 100%. that you're not vaccinated. The nurse that gave me the jab, was she vaccinated? I hope so. I expected so. I assumed so. My doctor and all the people that work in the doctor's office, dentist's office, I'm assuming that they've been vaccinated because they're asking me if I've been vaccinated. Yeah, you should ask your hygienist uh, next time. That's important. May not be going back to that dentist if they keep treating me that way. That was a great story. <laughs> you know, Mike, I watched our Canadian uh, women knock off the U.S. in the gold medal game for the World Hockey Championships the other night. But something was missing, other than fans in the stands. Something was missing. What? The intensity level is certainly there. But it doesn't match. I'm not going to say it doesn't match the intensity level of men, but it doesn't match the intensity level of the men's game. Do you know what I mean? No, I need more uh, okay. elaboration. Canada plays the U.S., U.S. plays Canada. These are the games we want. These are the games that have the most intensity. Yes. But you can't go to the well every time, Canada, U.S., Canada, U.S. There's got to be something more. There has to be a lead-up, but there isn't. No. When we play other nations, it's not the same. Right. It's Canada, U.S. Uh, and, and I told you before, I couldn't get up for the, for the uh, preliminary round games, the round robin. Right. But let me know when they play for the gold. Right. Sort of a given. But I realized that when they went to overtime, three-on-three three overtime in the gold medal game. But it wasn't three-on-three. Three. Excuse me? Was that three? I, I, I watched that game. It wasn't, wasn't it? It was five-on-five, five, wasn't it? Hello? <laughs> was it three-on-three? Three? Let me go on. Okay. When the NHLers play three-on-three, three, they're looking oh. for a goal fast. Fast. Right. When they play three-on-three, three, the women, they're oh. very calculated. There's not a lot of scoring chances. They're looking for something else. They're weaving. They're playing chess. They're taking their time. You're five minutes into a three-on-three -three in a gold medal game. It'd be, if it was the men, it would be wide open, man. It would be flying. 
all over. Chances galore. Great save. Sure. But with the women, it's very calculating and slow and deliberate and just wasn't there for me. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I agree that women should have the same opportunities as men. I think it would be wonderful if they could organize a professional women's hockey league. But frankly, I don't think there's enough of an appetite either in Canada or the U S for women's professional hockey, unless you can put bums in the seats, unless you can put a competitive enough product and an entertaining enough product on the ice that puts bums in the seats and has television executives going, yes, we want to do this. It's not going to happen. And the same goes for women's professional soccer. And the same goes for women's professional basketball, unless the WNBA is going to put a team in Toronto. So I don't want to hear any more of this. Canada, U.S. for the gold, great. Every two years or four years or whatever, great. Other than that, wake me up when that happens. I'm embarrassed. I didn't even know that was three on three, but that actually speaks to your point, which is that uh, you can't miss NHL when it's three on three because it's a whole different game. But the women's game wasn't radically different because you don't have those odd person. I almost said odd man rushes, but I guess odd person rushes off. That's you know, another it's, thing. Yeah, it's weird to hear defensemen. It's hard to get that <laughs> out of your lexicon, out of your vocabulary, because it's when it's just sure. And even the women commentators. Well, and that's, it's all what, that's their term. They still use that term. I noticed they didn't uh, yeah. change it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, <laughs> but anyway, how many, do we know yet? How many eyeballs on that? Cause I watched the end of the third period and then I watched the overtime. Oh, I'm sure there were lots, but again, it's a one, it's a one-off. Is it consistent? Are these people that are watching the game? When, when's the next game? When's the league game? When does Toronto play Montreal? When do I get right. to see, um, you know, and, and, and the other thing is, the women's game is hampered more because we see them with their helmets and the full bird cage on, but we don't know what most of them look like in street clothes. Sure. Sure. You know, you only and it's harder like to market Spooner, that. you know, and I don't know, you know what teams few, they right. played for. What was the name of the team that played in Toronto? Remember that? And they've got two, two com- complete seasons where they played before zero fans. I think you're hundred percent right that that, that gold medal match between Canada, U S which will happen, whatever, every two or four years or whatever that brings that, that attracts all the eyeballs. And that's, that's everybody watches that. And the rest of it is sort of like, you can just sort of like, you can take a pass on unless right. you're like related right. or know somebody in the team. I just want to make a comment. Uh, normally you're the watchdog for Canadian media, but I noticed watching that because the goal went in and they, they, they kept playing. Right. And then they review it. This is the overtime goal by Poulin. And then they, I guess at some point they reviewed it and said, oh, that's a goal. And then they blow the buzzer. So it was kind of that weird kind of delayed celebration. And I kept, I know they showed the goal a couple of times, but where was that shot of the puck definitively over the line? All I said to Monica, and I I meant this, that is if U.S. had scored that same goal, I'd be yelling at the TV, like, prove to me that's over the line. I never saw, like, that that slow motion. I watched for, like, half an hour after the game. They never did show, you know, in the NHL, they would show that moment of the camera showing, here is the definitive proof that this puck is Mm -hmm. over the line. Mm -hmm. I still haven't seen it. Right. Like, did you, like, are you 100% sure that was a goal? I have to believe them. I know, but why can't we see it? it? Looked at it and then and then hit the buzzer while the game was still going on to say it's, it's ding over. ding, and then I guess it drops down over the that line. That was the weirdest thing. Yeah, it was the weirdest yeah. goal, and I'm still not sure it was in. But if it was the other way around, I'd be I'd be mad. Like I feel like uh, the U.S. fans. I, if I'm a U.S. player, I'd be screaming like, right. "I want to see that that was a goal before right. this gold medal celebration." Do we get the same satisfaction out of beating the Americans? Because we hadn't won in so many years. You see, this is the other thing. It was like they had won all these women's world championships. We're winning gold medals in the Olympics, but there's women's world championships, which are every year now. So winning the Olympic gold every four years is a much bigger deal than winning the women's championships. I think the world's championships, right? I just do. It's every yeah, year. Yeah, I, I so, agree. Okay, next year we'll get them. Right. So we had, you know, they there was a drought in right. the world championships, but the same women's team are the ones competing for the Olympics, right? right? Yes. Yes. And the three nations cup, right? Right. And, and there's just, it just seems to me that oh, it's Canada, us hockey. Let's go. Did they not have a series last year or two years ago where they played each other like a hundred times? Yeah, I think so. You know, during the NHL all-star break was, it was like a tour, right? Like the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington generals are going on tour. It's like wrestling. They're going to be in your town next week. Come see Canada, us women's hockey. The rivalry continues. That's kind of the way it is with me. It's hard for me to look at a women's hockey team, and I don't know who, what team, where, and say, hey, there's, oh, she's Canadian. Oh, she's American. 
like we do with the Leafs, where we care that Austin Matthews is from the United States. It makes right. no difference. Right. He's a Leaf. Right. But it's different now because we're used to seeing all the Canadian women against the American women. We know all of them, right? And we know that they wear the Stars and Stripes and they wear the Maple Leaf. But right. to see them in club uniforms, you know, I don't know, it's weird. Okay, finally, New York Mets general manager Zach Scott was arrested for DUI. That's driving under the influence. It's called DWI in some jurisdictions. Driving while intoxicated. But anyway, right? Uh, drunk driving. Uh, he's been placed on administrative leave by the club. Now, Scott fell asleep at the wheel of his vehicle in suburban White Plains, New York, after a charity event the other night. He's pleaded not guilty to the charges. He was hired by the Mets as senior vice president and assistant general manager in December to work under his close friend and former colleague, Jared Porter. Scott was promoted to acting GM in January, eight days after Porter was fired by the Mets following revelations that he sent sexually explicit, uninvited text messages and images to a female reporter. This is the Mets, the New York Mets. Right. This is a gong show of an organization. Uh, and just to show you how bad the Mets are in the wake of all this nonsense and the fact that recently when Mets fans booed the players, Javi Baez, when he got a hit, booed the Mets fans by turning thumbs down. And other Mets players were turning thumbs down on the fans, wow. turning the tables, as it were, on the Mets fans. Ridiculous. Idiotic. But here's the best part. Mm-hmm. These Mets, these New York Mets of 2021, have a plethora <laughs> of ex Blue Jays to thank. Do you know how many ex Blue Jays wore the Mets uniform this year? No, but I bet you do. I do. And thanks to uh, <laughs> Scott Carson, the fantastic, uh, encyclopedic uh, producer of stats, stats guru for uh, Sportsnet uh, Blue Jays baseball. Here they are. Brandon Drury, Jonathan VR, Billy McKinney, Kevin Pillar, Marcus Stroman, Aaron Loop, Miguel Castro, Taiwan Walker, Yenzi Diaz, Sean Reed Foley, Jacob Barnes. Wait a minute. Wow. Mets acting GM Sandy Alderson said, hey, Brad Hand is available. He was a Blue Jay for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And so he claimed him off waivers. So there's another Blue Jay that's going to play for the Mets. What a disastrous organization. They're 66 and 67 this year. Five games out of a wild card spot. The drama surrounding the injuries of Jacob DeGrom, Syndergaard. Oh, my God, this team. They spend millions and millions, and they got nothing to show for it. They signed Lindor to this massive free agent contract. A contract he's been a bust. You think you got problems as a Blue Jay fan? Imagine being a Mets fan. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. So just be thankful you're a Jays fan and you got a chance. Let's sweep the A's this weekend. And let's get her going. Giddy up. That's it for episode 248 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. And thanks to Crossman's Golf and Country Club for their continued support. We love it there. And you will too. Go to Crossman.com, book your tea time online, and tell them Hebsey sent you. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.